You change your shirt, Mr. Bond. I hope our little game isn't causing you to perspire. We are the Spy-Fi Guys, and this is the Global James Bond Day Draft. Welcome to the Spy-Fi Guys, where we cover spy facts, spy fiction, and everything in between. I'm Christian. And I'm Zach. And today we have a special podcast to celebrate Global James Bond Day, October 5th, the day that Dr. No was released in theaters. I'm going to be honest with you, I did not know Global James Bond Day was a thing (laughs) until this year. Yes, and it also happens to be my wedding anniversary. Not on purpose. I was about to ask that. Secretly planned, I'm sure. (laughs) Well, apparently the honeymoon was planned around Mission Impossible, so at this point I would believe anything. (laughs) (laughs) I did see the recreation of that video, yeah. <laughs> and sure. people who saw, watched our our Instagram have also seen that video. Anyways, on this podcast, our guests will be choosing characters from across time and space to create the ultimate James Bond film. Our participants are limited only by their imaginations and one universal rule. Once the character has been picked by a panelist, no one else can choose him or her. At the end, it's your vote, which will decide who wins. Throw on your tuxedos and shake or stir those martinis, because this is the Global James Bond Day Draft. All right. Woo. All right. So today I will be serving as your moderator. My co-host, Zach, will be one of the participants. But let's hear from our other participants who you've heard of some of them already. First, we have Carolyn from our Sergeant Stubby and Man from Uncle episodes. Hello. Next, we've got our Tom Clancy fanboy and 007 fan, Lance. Greetings, everybody. Finally, we have our recurring guest star and mother of kittens, Sarah. Woo! Hello. I thought you were going to say returning guest star and radical feminist, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, rock- I'm rocking the merch today. Nice. Love the shirt. <laughs> Thank, Looking you. Good. Thank you. Looking good. All right. So thanks, all of you, for joining us. Now it's time to get started with the draft. For those of you who have watched any of our fantasy drafts on Awesome Cons Virtual Cons last year, or listened to drafts on Zach's other podcast, Tuesday Night Gaming, this should sound familiar. This time, our participants' objective is to draft their ultimate James Bond film with the roles of James Bond, Bond Woman, Villain, and Henchman. Their choices for these roles must be fictional characters from movies and TV. However, their pick may not be betrayed by anyone who has been in a James Bond movie. For example, you could pick George of the Jungle as your James Bond, since Brandon Fraser has not been in any James Bond films yet. You could not, however, pick Voldemort as your villain, as Ray Fiennes has been M in Skyfall and Spectre. Once the panelist has picked the character, they will briefly explain why their pick is an excellent choice, and the others will again briefly explain all drawbacks with the pick. Once all panelists have drafted, we go back through the line in reverse order, so the last place panelists will be drafted twice in a row. Everyone ready to get started? That was a great explanation, Christian. Yes. <laughs> Except I realized I just screwed up. I picked actors. I didn't pick characters. Oh. Oh. So but we're going really to play this on the fly. Yeah, <laughs> this should be entertaining. That'd be great. <laughs> I fully have faith in you, Lance, that you will be able to pull something out of your hat. Thank you. No, Lance, I would just give up if I were you. My team is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of most of them this morning, but I'm feeling pretty darn confident. Uh, I thought of mine about a half hour ago, so we'll see how this goes. (laughs) All right. So I have placed you in a random order, and it will be Sarah, Lance, Carolyn, and then Zach. So, Sarah, you are our first draft pick, so you may start off. 
My goal in designing the perfect Bond movie, yes, the perfect Bond movie, (laughs) is to reimagine the franchise into something more my speed. (laughs) There are two illustrious hosts, Christian and Zach, no, I am no stranger to the odd feminist rant. (laughs) On the Austin Powers episode, which seems irrelevant to bring up when discussing Bond, I was angry that the movie mimicked the misogynist behaviors that we see in the Bond movies without sufficiently condemning them. And as Austin himself would say, that's just not my bag, baby. (laughs) It's okay. You can add in, uh, you can add in laughter in post. It's fine. So So I shall start shaking things up by casting a villain first. A villain who is obviously a woman. Okay. She is fascinating to watch on screen because she has such a style and flair when she kills. She is a genuine threat to our heroes and is not afraid to kill them, which will immediately raise the stakes for any Bond film. No long speeches while Bond gets away here. In addition (laughs) to her style and aptitude for killing, she has a likability about her, almost a warmth. We know that she is a Cruella de Vil-level sociopath, but perhaps because of her dry sense of humor and the subtle warmth behind her eyes, we still oddly root for her anyway. I am so excited to cast Villanelle from Killy Eve as my villain of Ooh, oh, all right. That's that's a good pick. So I haven't actually watched that show, but isn't she more like a serial killer? She's not a villain. She's an assassin for hire. Yeah, okay. We saw, what, the first season. Yeah, we started, I think, like, the first episode of the second season, and then, yeah. Sarah, you definitely got the British down. That show is as British as you can get. Well, and I think, Sarah, you'll be pleased to know that one of the head producers of the first season, at least, uh, what is her name, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, did a graft, or at least a script polish on No Time to Die. I heard that, and Mm -hmm. I had conflicting feelings about that, because (laughs) she is a, I mean, a hardcore feminist we love her to bits Mm -hmm. and so i had to come to some come to jesus reconciling (laughs) feminist moment what i came to was that the franchise of james bond might not inherently be misogynist just Mm -hmm. the main character is inherent (laughs) (laughs) right so now we go to lance lance are you able to pull something out of your ass here absolutely and it beat villanelle though (laughs) i think i think (laughs) villain Villainess would be better. <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds dangerous and yet sexy at the same time. <laughs> actually, and this was actually pretty, pretty easy. Once I picked the actor, the character that why I chose him uh, was pretty obvious. All right. I am. I'm going to stick with the superhero genre a little bit, uh, and I'm going to go with Malcolm Merlin from CW's Arrow. Played by none other than the man himself, who I happily got a picture from at Awesome Con, (laughs) John Berryman, OBE, as my villain. Ah, that's a good villain, yeah. With that character from Arrow, he was very suave, very debonair, but also extremely ruthless. To the point to where he didn't even care if what he was doing was screwing with the lives of his own kid. And he was always two, three steps ahead of everybody, usually until the season finale. So I think I'm pretty solid with my John Berryman, Malcolm Merlin choice. 
Yeah, and he's very difficult he to kill. He keeps coming back. <laughs> over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in, in multiple shows, even. Uh, yeah. yeah <laughs> does he pop up on Legends of Tomorrow? I don't actually remember. I know there's yeah, other He absolutely villains. does. Yeah. Uh, he's even in Lego DC Super Heroes 3. Or <laughs> one, of, one of those Lego games. Oh, fun, fun. So that's a great choice, Lance. It's hard to go wrong with John Barrowman. And he's also, you know, he's Captain Jack. Ah, yes. <laughs> All righty. Thank you, Lance. Let's go on to Carolyn. So, yes, I came up with my uh, characters about a half hour ago, and I have to say that I did not fact check to make sure that they haven't been in Bond movies. So hopefully I'm good on this, but I guess we'll find out. My strategy was also I wanted to make a movie that I would watch. So I'm going to pick my Bond just because I think it's possibly the most likely to get snapped up. Hashtag strategy. <laughs> um, so for Bond, I picked somebody that is, you know, he's strong, he's attractive, he's kind of the silent type, but he respects women, which are all characteristics that I think would be perfect in a Bond. But he can also kick butt. So I picked The Witcher from The Witcher. Ooh. Ah, yes. Geralt of Rivia. <laughs> Interesting well, choice. You know, I started typing Superman because I knew it was going to be Henry, one <laughs> version of Henry Cavill or another. You Your don't strategy know. worked out well, Carolyn. Your strategy worked out very well. Damn you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. why did you pick The Witcher and not Napoleon Solo from the movie we watched together? Or Superman. <laughs> That's true. He would have been a more uh, relevant by character. But, you know, it's a little bit too on the nose. And I just thought that The Witcher would be... I, I, I could just envision it in my head, you know. Yeah, just, I could see that. It would have had some non-spy diversity. Sitting, <laughs> non, yeah, non-spy diversity. So, yeah, he, I could just see him sitting at the casino, you know, betting. Just The Witcher, just sitting there and grunting. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, we have not seen a James Bond with either long hair or being pretty old. So that's different. I mean, well, he, Roger he Moore. That old though. That's fair. <laughs> also, wasn't Sean Connery pretty old by the time? No, no actually, Connery. Fun, fun when fact. He, when he finished. Mm -hmm. Roger Moore older than Connery. When so, he finished? No, no. In general. Oh, okay. So, Roger Moore was older than Connery, and he started later. Hmm. A oh, good point. Things you never think about, really. But yeah. All right, and we go to our last participant right here, Zach. Let's go. So, you know, guys, when picking a James Bond, it's easy mm -hmm. to pick someone who's a James Bond analog. Your Napoleon mm -hmm. Solos, your Sterling Archers, your Maxwell Smarts. But I didn't want to do that. And when I started to think, I was like, well, when people think of James Bond, they think of the modern Daniel Craigs, where everything is very serious, and there's a lot of explosions and guns. But you know what? This is Global James Bond Day. He's been around longer than that. There was a time when James Bond was silly and he was fun and he didn't take things too seriously. Roger Moore era. I picked a man who is good with his fists. He has tons of gadgets. He has a cool car. He has a distinctive costume. All of the ladies love him, even when he's old and or kind of pudgy. He has all sorts of crazy skills and he knows all sorts of things and he knows how to get out of easily escapable death traps i'm talking of course about batman as played by adam west in 1966 
Yeah, I already had it. Adam West typed in once you started going on. Yep. <laughs> oh. oh, I thought you were going for someone else. I'm not going to say who in case I need him later. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. I have no idea where you were going. <laughs> All right, Zach, do you want to say your fun fact? Because uh, uh, if you don't, I will. This is the last time I will tell it to Christian. <laughs> and West was considered for the role of James Bond in the 1970s. 1969. Thank you. Because he thought a British person should play it instead. But in my imaginary James Bond movie, he agreed to it. All right. And even more fun fact, before his you know, passing a few years ago, he appeared at Awesome Con, which is a local DC area con. And I actually asked him if this story was true, because it was an internet rumor for a long time. He said it was true. And I also got him to give his best Bond James Bond line reading. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I have I a recording that. of it somewhere, but yeah, well, maybe we'll post it on Instagram later. Does Sounds that mean great. that Bond would get a lot more um, catchphrases? <laughs> I don't know. Holy Little smoking gun. Empow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I, I like the choice, although how will Batman's no killing rule go with a license to kill? Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Christian, because I knew <laughs> someone was going to ask. Now, I imagine this is in the future. It's sort of like the Dark Knight Returns of Batman 66, where Robin is gone, Batgirl is gone, Batman's older, he's more jaded, and he starts using a gun again, like in the old serials in the 1940s when Batman used a gun. And also the reason why it's important that it's the Adam West Batman is because unlike all the other ones, he's a fully deputized agent of the law. <laughs> unlike the rest of them that are a bunch of vigilantes. Uh, mm -hmm. All right. All right. Good choice. Good yeah. choice. All right. Zach, you're up again. Okay. So to go up against him, we have an American James Bond, which isn't perfect. So I figured we needed someone who at least spoke with a British accent for their villain. <laughs> now, with all due respect to Sarah, her villain is fine, but she's thinking a little small, okay? Ooh, James Bond ooh. villains are big, okay? They have big goals. They have big ambitions. They don't just kill one or two people. They want to take over the world. And for my villain, the world is not enough. He tries to conquer whole galaxies and timelines. So I am going to draft the master from the classic mm. Doctor Who series as played by Roger Delgado. Ah, okay. I was going to ask which version. So the classic with the beard and the giant collar and all of that. That's right. That's my guy. And all right. you know, so that seems like a really good choice. But the problem with that is that the counter to the master, like they always get away. They're in perpetual fightingness, which mm -hmm. is fine. But if you mm -hmm. want a movie with real stakes, then you pick a villain who actually kills people, which is Villanelle. Uh, well, the master kills many people, just not our hero. Yeah. And if he does, it doesn't last. <laughs> I mean, that's what uh, the generations are for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, no spoilers, this I way, guess, Sarah. for killing Eve. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's okay. I mean, because obviously most people aren't going to know who he is. No one's going to pick him in the poll. So, yeah. Perfect choice. <laughs> Perfect choice. Ouch. 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 All righty. <laughs> Carolyn, you're up next. Oh, oh, okay. I'm trying to think that which ones are Sarah the most likely to pick. I'm <laughs> 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 most likely tell. to pick Caroline your tell. worst one. That's the one I'm yeah. <laughs> Your worst option. That's course. what I'm going for. I guess I'll do Henchman next. Okay, okay now I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so in my bond, um, the henchman has to be helpful and, you know, wanting to please, but I also need him to be, uh, (laughs) a little bit breaking the ice, making things not so serious and just kind of being fun to watch. So I am picking, um, Olaf from Frozen. Oh, 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 wow. I did not see that coming. Wow, did not see that coming. Yeah, no, Christian. uh, Oh, okay. Hold on. I have to now rethink everything that just happened. (laughs) Wild card has been played. Wow. All right. Olaf as a henchman. I would I would love to see that. I need to know who your villain is, like right now. That Uh-oh. I'm just so excited for your movie, but yeah. obviously mine's better because this mm. that's how this works. I mean, I mean, clearly not, but yes, <laughs> I'm pretty excited. But I think he would be the 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 perfect uh, sidekick henchman. To yeah. All right, with that sharp left turn, let's go over to Lance. <laughs> this would probably Actually, be a disservice no to me to say this. But, you know, I, I could actually see that in a Harvey Villachez man with a golden gun kind of mm-hmm. kind of way. Yeah, see that. I mean, I mean, my choice will ultimately be better. <laughs> I, mean, but, I would literally uh, watch Olaf, like, do anything. Like, yeah. he could just yeah, roll yeah. around and I would be like. <laughs> yeah, they, have those, they have those Olaf shorts that they that Josh Gad was making during the pandemic with, like, one of the animators. And they were all, like, 30 seconds of him just, like, doing whatever. And they were great. <laughs> so him in a whole Bond movie. Well, I, mean, I, just, I probably would. I can't even probably, imagine. I probably would totally lose my shit seeing Olaf with a switchblade and brass knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> that's one way to look at it. I mean, that's just amazing. That's great. Uh, he can use his like snowballs, his like fr- freeze powers. Oh yeah. He's not like people. you wouldn't make him evil evil though, right? Because if you make him straight up evil, then I'm no longer on board. <laughs> no, of course not. No, this is a movie I would want to watch. So clearly he would be like secretly, you know, trying to help a little bit. So misguided. <laughs> All right, Lance. So, yes, yeah, so that's my choice. Lance, what do you got? <laughs> well, I am I am definitely not picking henchmen at this point in time. <laughs> um <laughs> I think I'm going to go ahead and pick my bond at this point. And this actually was a little bit difficult because I could now think of several characters, um, all of whom I think would be good. But I think I would definitely do my fanboy status a disservice (laughs) if I did not pick Jack Ryan as my bond, as played by John Krasinski in the Jack Ryan series. All right. All kinds of reasons. I mean, one, there's you know this sort of spy CIA MI6 you know kind of thing going on. Um, he's definitely you know suave, debonair, good looking, um, very intelligent, um, not afraid to fight as we saw in the Amazon Prime series. I mean, let, let's just go ahead and call it now. Jack Ryan mm. is James Bond. Mm. All right, all right, <laughs> interesting choice. I am going to have to disagree with you here, Lance. There's a lot there, but the thing is, and I'm sure Sarah would agree, that the philandering and the misogyny is a key part of the James Bond character. (laughs) (laughs) So many feelings right now. (laughs) He's a happily married man with two kids. Not in the Amazon series. 
Well, the Amazon, Amazon series, Amazon. The Amazon series, and so that's a prequel. Fact, in fact, Kathy Ryan's not even in the second season. She's never mentioned. Why? I'm still a little annoyed about that. That's why I haven't finished finished season yeah. two yet. I'm but, sad he didn't make it work with the epidemiologist. That was her. That's I'm Kathy Ryan. Kathy. Yeah, or Kathy oh. Mueller. Mueller. That was her. Mueller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no I, yeah, I really liked season one mm-hmm. of oh, Dark yeah. Ryan. But the fact that I have such didn't really love season two means that I won't just watch him in anything. There has to be (laughs) more to it than that, which is why uh, my movie is going to be better. (laughs) In conclusion. (laughs) Also, Zach, no, Sarah does not agree. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That Bond uh, in the... Uh, in my particular retelling of Bond, this will not be the case. This has been the case, which is why I have a huge problem with the franchise. Happy James Bond Day. (laughs) (laughs) So glad to have you on, Sarah. (laughs) All right. Well, Sarah, why don't you tell us who her next pick is? (laughs) Oh, is it me? Yep, it's back to you. Oh, that's what fun. Okay. (laughs) So... I will next be filling the all-important role of Bond. Who could possibly be an equally badass woman to Villanelle? Oh, yes. Mm. Spoiler alert. For Bond, I'm obviously picking a woman. A woman with an equal amount of style, sass, quippy one-liners, who also has a very particular set of skills. She lies and kills but is driven by ethics and does so for moral reasons. Nothing phases her because bad things happen every day. You know, she's Russian or she was. I'm so excited to watch Villanelle face off against Natasha Romanoff, AKA Black Widow from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Pause for applause. Thank you. All right. All right. I mean, that'd be cool. I would watch that. Right? <laughs> the rest of the yeah. movie is set up. Villanelle Black Widow would be so amazing. I would watch that in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Yeah. Just as long as the ending isn't her jumping off of an exploding space station or something like that. <laughs> I mean, that is straight out there of James Bond. It really is. I mean, that's very James Bond. Just as long as she doesn't defeat the villain by smashing her face into a desk again. Wait, where did she do that? In the uh, Black, the Widow, Black movie. Widow movie. <laughs> Hmm, Sarah, have you again. seen the Black Widow movie? I have not. Okay. All right. Oh. <laughs> that's that's a, okay. I, spoiler. That's okay. I will, I'm also trying to avoid uh, spoiling Killing Eve <laughs> <laughs> season two. All uh, right. All right. So, oh, wait. How many yeah. seasons of Killing Eve are there? There's, is it three? There or is are it now three. Okay. Um, I haven't seen the third one because it wasn't available on a service that I subscribe ah, yes. to. <laughs> <laughs> that age old story. Yeah. Also, uh, why you so haven't I, seen Black yeah. Widow, probably. Yes, my movie, amazing. Going okay. to be. Well, tell amazing. us how much more amazing your movie will be with your next pick. Oh, I get to go again. You again. God, damn. <laughs> this is. Top of the mm, order. Mm, 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 mm. Okay. <laughs> mm. So, Bond Girl. I'm doing Bond Girl next. For too long, Bond girls have been girls. For too long, have women been placed in Bond movies as sex objects, eroticized for the male gaze? Even calling them Bond girls is somewhat infantilizing. 
I believe it was Judy Dench's M who called Bond a, quote, sexist, misogynist dinosaur in Goldeneye. I will note as an aside that it was a female character who's calling out Bond for his behaviors. So just because we have a misogynist character doesn't mean that we have a purely misogynist film, as we discussed a couple minutes ago. There is really no smooth transition out of that side note. So, right, <laughs> Bond girl. <laughs> okay. My Bond girl is not a girl at all. I'd like to think of him more as a Doctor Who-style companion or sidekick rather than a love interest. Some might consider him handsome, but that is not his defining characteristic. He seems pretty asexual, which means Villanelle's feminine wiles would not work on him. He is, after all, a cartoon. Like our Bond, he's done some troubling things in the past. Or shall I say, has done some things for some troubling people. He's a bit of a bumbling fool, but when he's on screen, he steals the show. He is kind, has a strong moral compass, and speaks squirrel. What makes me the most excited about this Bond girl is that he will act as a very interesting number two. I can imagine him in the midst of a fight, Villanelle throwing a knife, and he gets stabbed in the chest, red goo gushing out, and then it turns out, oh, it's a cherry pie. And he leans down, bullets whizzing overhead, just missing him, to take out a new cake out of the oven. We love to love him, Kronk from Emperor's New Groove. Uh, oh no, the spinach puffs. <laughs> 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 oh god as soon as you said scrolling oh nope it's Kronk it's definitely yeah. Kronk <laughs> Carolyn I when you were describing Olaf I was convinced that it was going to be Kronk I was so worried yeah. and it Christian was channeling that would have been an amazing one yes. Yes. <laughs> yes thank you amazing choice stoked Bill and L uh, almost as good as Olaf uh, well, Kronk, I don't have him as a henchman. I have him as my Bond girl. Oh, that's true. Black Widow as Bond, Kronk as her sort of sidekick number two uh, against Villanelle. Amazing. Would watch by stars. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Inspector Gadget. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I should have figured that a Disney character would show up from Sarah sooner or later. It had I'm to happen because it wasn't one from Once Upon a Time. That's an excellent choice. <laughs> so much restraint. So much restraint. <laughs> All right, Lance, you're back up again. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to continue the trend of following Sarah's choices. You know, it's funny you mention Once Upon a Time because I was seriously considering a character from that show. Oh, uh, oh. As oh my God. Who? Um. I need to know. We need to stop and talk about it right now. <laughs> Way more important than whatever we're doing. <laughs> I'll go ahead and say this is my runner-up. This isn't my actual choice. Okay. So my runner-up choice would have been the evil queen herself, Lana Perilla, mm. as the Bond girl. Okay. Or Bond okay. woman. Mm. Or Bond oh. woman, which I think would be better. That's because I think her character would be interesting because, you know, is she you know, on the good guy side or, you know, is she on the bad guy side? You know, she flows in between. Ridiculously attractive. Lena Pearl isn't an amazing actress. And I think she could tackle any role, but so that just means that my actual choice is even that much better. Hmm. Is it okay. though? <laughs> <laughs> it is. And I think actually, so you would even like my choice. All right. um, and my choice is Lagertha from the series Vikings as played by Catherine Winnick. Oh, I haven't uh, seen that. Wait, is that the, the... I forget her name in the show, so it must be the only good female character in the show. 
There's a, mm-hmm. there's a couple good ones. Wait, no, um, Freya is the one I'm thinking of. No, who did you pick? I picked Labyrintha. No, she's not Being... Freya. Terrible choice. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, she's I'm Googling. An excellent I'm Googling. Choice. Justify your choice, man. <laughs> I mean, that's easy. One, she's a shield maiden. She's very badass. She knows how to fight. She knows how to plot. She knows how to play the political side. Um, she goes from being you know, a farmer's wife to shield maiden to um, actually running her, her region. You no, know, Men were like, no, no, marry me, and you know, I'll make you a queen. And she's like, bitch, I already am a queen. Whoa. And so she could even like... She looks pretty badass. I just Googled her. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So, I mean, like, she would not be Bond's sidekick. She would be Bond's equal. And even in the show... She's bisexual, so she could even, you know, even flirt and have a romantic interest with Sarah's choice for Bond. <laughs> um, so, very diverse. Interesting. All right, all right. I have not seen Vikings, mm-hmm. but she is in, mm-hmm. or that same actress was in uh, one of the, one, what next, net, a Netflix show I watched, uh, Woo Assassins, and she was very, yes. Um, yes. very good in that. Yes. So, Lance, how is a Viking existing in the James Bond world? Okay, you're not questioning this over a cartoon (laughs) character, (laughs) but you're questioning a Viking. Uh, Yeah, actually, that's a good point, Sarah. Same question. Also, same question the character. (laughs) I didn't specify which cartoon character. I gave a very specific and colorful example of how Kronk can exist in this universe. I drew it out for you, uh, if you Mm. will not mind. Unintended. Uh, no, Kronk is a perfect choice. <laughs> I stand by right, it. I, I support. Okay. Okay. All right. It's a different so. choice if you want to come in second. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're back over to Carolyn. Ooh, ooh, ooh. It's my turn again. Okay. So let's see. I'm just going to go. I'm going to do my Bond woman to recap that my henchman is Olaf from Frozen. <laughs> and my Bond is the Witcher, Geralt of Rivia. Who he's very he's more of the silent type. Um, I I imagine that in the film there'll be a lot of shots of him like glaring and glancing at things. A lot of smoldering <laughs> shots happening. Um, so we need someone to carry a little bit more conversation in the scenes, and also somebody who would be uh, the intelligence to his kind of like strength. So I'm going to pick Hermione Granger nice. from Harry Potter. Interesting. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So I think choice. I think the the banter between them would be really good, and she would you know keep him on his toes and um, make sure he's he's doing the right thing and kind of push him when he's kind of morally not sure what to do. Um, I think she would help him be his best bond, and she would also take take part in some of the action, um, and they would just kick butt on screen together and. Save the day. I see why you were worried about me picking uh, your choices. Uh, obviously, support Olaf. I do support uh, Hermione Granger in a Bond film. I considered when I was sort of running down the list of like powerful, strong women, Hermione obviously came to the fore. Mm-hmm. But your casting of the Witcher as Bond. I mean, that, uh, that makes a difference. It's a good It's opposite. just not as good as my movie. So, <laughs> is it? Oh. Is it? But, so I love Hermione, love Olaf, but like, 
yeah, there's a bit of an age gap between Hermione and Geralt of Rivia. Well, so as we discussed, there's an age difference um, between most Bonds and and the Bond. Yeah. Woman. Also, how true. old is the Witcher? Isn't he like 300 years old or something mm-hmm. like that? So, like anybody is too young for him. Yeah. And he still um, looks amazing. Yeah, he lo- he looks great. Also, we established that the Witcher respects women, so if there was any love blossoming between them, um, it would be you know slow and it would be earned. Are you envisioning a romance there, or is it more I'm, the style of a I... Doctor Who companion? I will have a very different opinion of your film depending on your. <laughs> <laughs> well, Carolyn, it's more than just Sarah in the audience, so don't be persuaded by her necessarily. It's true. So, I mean, should Sarah I will be spoil the plot of my movie? So, what I'm kind of thinking is that so they start off as well. I mean, they're equals, clear, obviously. And they go on all these um, journeys and go through a lot of things and they become really close and you know, they're like, do we have feelings for each other? You know, you're pretty great. You know, you're pretty great. And then they realize that they're better just as friends. <laughs> um, but you just don't see the witcher getting involved with, with her though. It turns out to be just a, a mutual respect between them that they they you know strongly appreciate each other and they become a really close team, kind of like the Avengers that show. I don't remember what their actual names were. <laughs> characters of the actors. The, the characters. Or like in a, and John Steed. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. in a Brandon Sanderson book where they can. Have okay. that kind of mutual respect. Hashtag not sponsored by Brandon Sanderson. Hashtag please sponsor us. Definitely that. But the reason mm. I thought of the Avengers is because, you know, sometimes there's some, you know, they play with romance a little bit, but she's, well, she's, she's married and she respects her marriage. So there is no romance between them. So it's in the end, it's just a, a deep mutual respect where they just really appreciate each other as people. So guys, I have a question, and I'm apologize that this is outside the scope of what we're doing here. <laughs> oh but boy. since we're here, and since you're here, why is James Bond hooking up with the Bond girl like not woke or like not feminist? Why does it have to be like a it's partnership? The way that it happens. Good, good question. Good question. Thank you. Good question. In my opinion, the very short answer is that the Bond girl is placed in the film as a sex object for the sole purpose of James Bond to hook up with mm-hmm. is the is the short answer. So she is not there as a three-dimensional being, a fully-fledged character. She's a hookup object. So if she were a three-dimensional character that he still hooks up with, it still wouldn't be great because it's obvious to everyone why she's there. I mean, I'd have to see it. <laughs> I can see them doing it well, but... I mean, they did it well in Casino Royale, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like well. some of the recent ones, they do a better job of that. But they we do, still see them as bad girls. They do do it better. I don't think the recent ones solve the issue. I remember there was a hullabaloo in the press about, ah, oh, they cast, like, a slightly older Bond girl. And, like, isn't that so progressive? But I kind of remember in the movie... She was only in it for like 0.2 seconds and right. she ends up hooking up mm. with like a younger Bond girl anyway. So valiant attempt, but but womp not womp. so much. Yeah. <laughs> Bond girl was also very intricate to the plot of not only that movie, but the upcoming movie as well. And she had a significant impact on 
you know, sorry to anybody that hasn't seen Spectre yet. I'm sorry you've lived in a cave for the last four years. <laughs> um, six years? Six. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> now I feel old. <laughs> oh, right? tell me about it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they were definitely a lot more involved. And I'm trying to remember, did I guess Bond did hook up with somebody in Quantum of Solace, who is also there for like five minutes. Yes. I'm interested to see what Phoebe Waller-Bridge does. Mm-hmm. And we Which will I'll find say. out, well, four days from when this movie, when this recording is released. Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll look very silly if it gets delayed again and we release this podcast. All right, but for now, shall we uh, move happen. on? Yes, yeah. yeah, so we're on to... Zach. 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 Yeah, that's right. All right. So as you guys may have determined, I am doing a theme, which is the 70s. So I decided to limit myself to people in the 70s. They could all be potentially in the same movie at the same time. So for my henchmen, Adam West was in the 60s. Yeah, but Adam West would have been around in the 70s and capable of being James Bond in the 70s. (laughs) And also, theoretically, the same character could have been, like Batman, because he just could have been a little bit older. Okay, all right. So anyway, so for my henchmen, I was like, well, we want someone with a British accent. And you know who was making really good action movies in a British colony in the 1970s is Hong Kong karate movies. So I chose a character from a really good Hong Kong action movie called The Legend of Drunken Master, starring Jackie Chan. And at the end, he fights a henchman whose name is John. I know it's a very boring name. Played by Ken Lowe. And they have like a seven to eight minute fight where they just really beat the crap out of each other. And it's awesome. And if you guys haven't seen the movie, I would highly recommend it if you like kung fu movies. John? John. Ken Ken Lowe from... Yes. I'm going to give you another point of contention. Drunken Master came out in 1992. 1994. Well, the original one came out in the 1970s. I see. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, Excuse me. So I admit it's a bit of a stretch, but John wears a suit and he works for the villain and he's a really good fighter and he would easily beat the shit out of Batman very easily. And that is why I choose him for my henchman. So the movie would be over in two seconds? Well, he would have to come up with some kind of trick rather than just fighting him with his fists. It's uh, kind of like Jaws. In the theme of the cartoon characters for henchmen, and you started down that path, I thought he was going to say Hong Kong Fooey. Excuse me, my James Bond movie is very serious. <laughs> oh, Hong Kong Fooey. Who else remembers Hong Kong Fooey? Obviously, only those of us probably Apparently born in the 70s. Two and me. <laughs> uh, who watched a lot of Cartoon Network as a kid. Personally, I think Hong Kong Fooey would have been a better choice. But then again, I... <laughs> But well, I will I'm, keep that I'm, in mind. Uh, towards you losing, so. And the last thing I wanted to say about John is that although he speaks Chinese with subtitles in the movie, we'll imagine for this movie that he speaks English with a British accent because he's from Hong Kong. Okay, all right. I don't know that movie, but I'm going to go ahead and say uh, I don't care for it. We'll <laughs> <laughs> okay. on that one. All right, Zach, this is your last choice. You have Bond woman left. So for my Bond girl... I am picking someone who is from a movie from the 1970s this time. She's described <laughs> on the poster as, quote, the meanest chick in town and is described by one character in her movie as, quote, a whole lot of woman. I am choosing Foxy Brown from the movie of the same name as played by Pam Greer. 
All right, all right. That's a pretty good choice. I like that. So we'll listen to a little bit of her backstory. She seeks revenge when her government agent boyfriend is murdered by members of a drug syndicate at her doorstep. And in the process, she disguises herself and she gets into fights. It's much more intense than anything Batman does. So she's kind of more like the hardcore side of things and teaches him a thing or two about the way things really are. But I think that they would work well together. And yes, I know Sarah's not going to like this, but at the end of my movie, they do make out in a raft because that's what James Bond does. <laughs> especially in the 1970s. Yeah. <laughs> it's very 1970s. I don't think I would like your movie. <laughs> that's fine. There's room for, for different me. James Bond to exist. It's not for me. On this, the day of global James Bond day. <laughs> Foxy Brown would probably fit right in with Live and Let Die because Live and Let Die was basically a black exploitation film. Well, her name is Foxy. Why How like... can I not pick her? <laughs> Pretty easy, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So that is Zach's entire pick of James Bond, Bond Woman, Villain, and Henchman. Now back to Carolyn with her last pick of Villain. I oh, hope boy. you're all ready. So my movie so far is we've got The Witcher in the dashing Bond role. We've got Hermione as the the Bond woman who helps him take down the villain. And we know who the henchman is, Olaf from Frozen. So we just have to find out who the villain is. So with my villain, I decided that I didn't want your average Bond film where it's, you know, some gun-toting guy that, you know, there are shootouts and all those those things that you might typically see on a Bond movie. And then this is also a Bond movie that is for me. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go in a different direction. And, and this kind of makes the Bond movie a little more family friendly too, I think, with a little bit of magic or maybe perceived magic. So I'm going to go with Winifred from Hocus Pocus. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Excellent so, choice. choice. Excellent yes. choice. So she would be trying to take down Bond. Well, she would be trying to, you know, find the secret of eternal youth or whatever by breaking into a secret government building and Bond would be there to stop her. She would be uh, pleasantly annoyed with her sidekick, Olaf, who was just trying to help. Oh, man, um, that that chemistry I can just see. <laughs> so I think the dynamics between them would be really good. And I think that between Hermione and the Witcher, they could really figure out how to take him down. And then it would be the Witcher versus a witch. So that hmm. dynamic would be perfect as <laughs> yeah. well. I do appreciate the idea of Winifred and Olaf having like a Lex Luthor and Otis mm-hmm. kind of dynamic. I or, do. Uh, or very much a, uh, what is that? Uh, Men with the Golden Gun, Scaramanga and uh, what's, what's, his, what's the knickknack, right? Knickknack. Yeah, they have that sort of relationship as well. I can see that. I do love Hocus Pocus. I love all your picks individually, <laughs> but I, I don't see like I, I don't have the vision of the complete cohesive unit. Winifred Hocus Pocus, excellent villain. I don't mm-hmm. see her with Olaf, <laughs> but what? I love Olaf. I love Hermione, obvi. But I just. <laughs> So the whole, individually. I just don't see the it whole as a thing in the movie Hocus Pocus is that, you know, she's got her two sisters that are kind of irritating to her. So it would be a little bit similar dynamic mm. with Olaf 
where he would he would be delegating things to him and he would be trying to complete them but he'd never be really good enough for her so that's why at the end of my bond movie olaf switches sides and he becomes hermione's new friend (laughs) all right you have sold me that sounds good yeah all right all right (laughs) still don't love the witcher as bond but everything else uh fully fully you had to get henry cavill in there somehow i mean fair fair uh, you don't see him as Bond? I mean, come on. Definitely see Henry, Henry Cable as Bond. He was, I had to cross him out after you. Yeah. I mean, I didn't make any rules about the same actors not being. I think I told Sarah that she, yeah. if she wanted to, she could have a cast that was just Jennifer Morrison in different <laughs> roles. <laughs> That'd be great. It's your movie, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> That's right. We're back to Lance. Give us your last pick for Henchmen. Before I give my last pick, I have to say that I would definitely go see Sarah's movie. Uh, I would definitely go see Carolyn's movie. Zach, I'd probably pick up your movie uh, at the 99 cent bin at Walmart. (laughs) That's the way most of us watch James Bond movies. (laughs) Oh, Um, ouch. And and even then, it was if, you know, I had 99 cents that I had to spend on something. (laughs) And because we're friends, I would support your movie in that manner. You know, like a lot of movies, my genius is not recognized at its time, but will become recognized later. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But we'll replay th- play this podcast in 10 years' time and, and see how it goes. Oh. Okay. We will. For my final pick uh, of Henchmen, the piece de resistance, as it were, um, I had to come up with somebody that, you know, was both menacing, definitely, you know, in shape, somebody that you would be you know, terrified if you came across, but also somebody that would be a good fit with Malcolm Merlin. And while earlier I was going to chastise Sarah for um, appealing to the Marvel crowd with the Black Widow, mm-hmm. uh, I, re- I realized that I'd also eventually be making fun of myself because I'm about to do the same thing. Ooh. And I am going with Killmonger by Michael B. <laughs> Jordan from Black Panther Ooh. as my henchman. Mm. Ooh. I was your henchman. Who is your I- villain? Malcolm Merlin by John. Oh, with, that's right. That's right. By John Barryman. Huh. Because, I mean, I can already picture it of him you know, standing behind uh, Malcolm Merlin, looking all menacing with his arms crossed, shirt off so you could see all the, <laughs> the marks. Um, like where this is going. Uh, I feel like that'd be too much of a power struggle, though. Like, wouldn't kill him I, wanna... I would say, I definitely feel like mm. he would just end up killing Malcolm Merlin and then being taking over as the main villain. That could be the twist. That would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I would do that. that. There is your twist and the plot of the next Bond movie. <laughs> okay, interesting. All right. I like that choice. I, I do. Yeah, Killmonger would be a interesting henchman slash villain. Yeah. And how dare you accuse me of uh, appealing <laughs> to the, the Marvel crowd. I will have it on record <laughs> that I cosplayed as Black Widow like 10 years ago. So... <laughs> She's an original fan. Like eight years ago. It was not 10 years. There was no bandwagoner. <laughs> Almost. Well, that was a long time ago. Do, I didn't actually do the math, but it was it was a goodly number of years ago. It was like six years ago. Wow. Oh, We're just old. Eight? Wow. <laughs> All right. On, wow. on that note of our impending mortality, uh, Sarah, <laughs> what's your last okay. pick for Hitchman? As a refresher, I have cast Black Widow as my bond. Kronk as her number two, and Villanelle as my villain. Villanelle does not suffer fools. So it's hard to think of someone that she wouldn't just straight up kill. So 
who does Villanelle need? She does not need someone to fight alongside her. She needs someone who is passionate, dedicated, and organized. She needs someone to take care of business. She needs Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec. <laughs> I think Maya, Sarah may have stumbled in the final lap of this race with that one. No, that is fucking gold. Think about it. Villanelle doesn't need another like person who can kick butt. She needs an admin person. She needs particularly if with a, I mean, with her history and contract killing, et cetera, et cetera, someone to handle the business. Like that's what what's his face is. Someone who handles the business side of things, someone who gives her jobs, whatever. She doesn't need someone to fight because she's more than capable of that. She needs Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec. <laughs> it's an interesting pick. I can tell that everyone is not on board, but I thought about this long and hard. Unlike the rest of you that came up with this in 30 minutes, I spent hours on this pick and came up with this weeks ago. I am prepared. Pre prepared. All righty. Everyone has drafted four times, so it is time for the bonus round. Oh, I forgot we were doing that. Yes, we are. The last category is location. Describe to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Describe to us what location your third act climax will take place. This can be Stop. any location, both real or fictional, even if it has appeared in a Bond movie before. Oh, even if it so, has appeared in a Bond movie. Oh. So you can do it if it's been like, for example, I'm not going to eliminate London as a location just because it's been in a Bond movie before. So real or fictional, any location. In theory, it should fit with story that you formulated already. And we're going in reverse order. So, Zach, you're up first. Oh, thank God. Thank you, Chris. You're going to do this to me. I need a minute. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have a pretty Why? good one, actually. Why? Okay. So, Batman and Foxy track down the master running a secret organization out of Harlem in New York City. Okay. And after a crazy fight, they eventually manage to overcome John, but the master escapes through a side door and they chase him into the side door. And there's a giant complex of interlocking doors and walkways and passageways inside. It's the inside of the master's TARDIS. Ah. And that is where the final confrontation takes place. It's like Dr. Strange where physics go upside down and what is happening, and it's barely made possible with 70s technology. <laughs> and somehow they get the TARDIS to move, so it crashes into the water. That's how they end up making out at a raft. At the end. <laughs> that is very important to me that that happens, even if it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, makes sense. And I like the idea of like almost like Inception-style moving around but again how would they they would do that on a 70s budget who knows but look at the giant sets they built for moonraker and spy who loved me also in the 70s so i think you know they could make it work pushing the envelope is what james bond does all righty so zach is done and we're on to carolyn oh it's neat so after it's found out that winifred wants to steal eternal youth from the secret government building they she she manages to steal it and then she runs outside and the witcher and hermione have to chase her and steal it back so um and they run out 
I'm so upset. (laughs) I came up with multiple things of what I thought it could be. I didn't think about weapon, but immediately, like, I had a thing. I thought it was going to be Q or M. Yeah. And I have great answers for those. (laughs) I don't know what you want. Uh, Where was that? So, yes, after the um, Winifred steals the secrets from the government building, she gets chased outside and they run through fields. And then finally they get to a f- uh, one particular field where the final battle goes down. And it's probably next to a cemetery, although I don't really know for sure. But the location is the baseball field from Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> oh god. Wow was the only thing I could possibly think of for that. Is it during a thunderstorm? Because I feel like we've only ever seen that location during a thunderstorm. Yeah, that's true. You wouldn't I don't know if you'd be able to distinguish it, but you would just know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it'd be uh if thunderstorm was just about to begin. So they have to depart before the incoming threat of vampires are there to <laughs> overcome both sides. So you're so basically going to... fantasy here. Oh man. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. So but it, in the end, uh the Witcher manages to overtake Winifred. Olaf switches sides and he returns the government secrets of eternal youth back to the facility uh before the vampires come and they all have a drink at the bar and all is well. All right. <laughs> and now we go to Lance. First off, damn you, Christian. Uh, <laughs> uh, damn, damn you to hell. Uh, okay. I'm going to pull in my other realm of geekdom. And I am going to have my final climactic battle on the planet Mustafar. Oh, <laughs> all right. Yes. You'll have a climactic sword fight between Lagertha and Killmonger. And that that would be epic. And while that's going on, Jack Ryan is, you know, desperately trying to get to the control room where John Berryman is. Uh, because all he wants to do is just melt the melt the world. <laughs> you know they have you know, great dialogue between the two of them because they're both amazing actors. They're both great characters. And then John Krasinski, Jack Ryan just shoots them. All uh, you know the hunt for Red October in the missile room. Yeah. Okay. All right. And is one liner after he kills him is what? Uh, no wait. That, no 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 no. I want to have him say something like, now that's a feather in my cap. Oh, no, no. I mean, no. it's going to be something about something about have fire him... or volcanoes, because, you know, look, they're on Mustafar. What, what about something like, now that's a bullseye? Get oh, it? Because he uses arrows? Uh, oh, no. oh, right. yeah. no. No. no, 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 <laughs> no. Hollywood, here I come. No, the, I, I, I think the one-liner would be... Yes, I have the high ground now. All right, I'll no, double damn you because actually I was going to come up with something no high ground related. So <laughs> thanks for screwing me there too. Uh, it's okay, Lance. You don't actually have to come up with no, the one liner. Yeah, we I'm just being yeah, difficult. We, although that would have been a good other so, like here, thing I, to spring on you guys. Yeah, I've, I've got it. I've got it. So what? After Jack Ryan, you know, shoots Malcolm Merlin. Uh, he falls back into a pool of lava, a la Lord of the Rings style. 
And he looks down at him and goes, you're fired. It's <laughs> 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 way right. better. I like that. I like that. That was fantastic. Uh, and we come to last but not least. Sarah, what is your location? <clears throat> so as a refresher, I have Villanelle as my villain. Black Widow as my Bond. Kronk as my Bond girl. And Leslie Nope as Villanelle's organizer and keeper of kill lists. No, I'm not stalling. You're stalling. <laughs> Leslie Nope is back at headquarters in like an underground lair. So I see this movie taking place throughout Europe. It takes an assassin to catch an assassin. So Black Widow is chasing Villanelle throughout Europe. I briefly thought about having the final scene in the Red Room, but I feel like we need a really iconic European scene. And we need it high up for sort of extra added dramatic tension. Mm -hmm. So I would like to pick the famous monument, the Arc de Triomphe in Paris, mm -hmm. France. All right. As the I'm... location of my final, final climactic scene. Yeah, the, the final showdown. Yes, the final okay. showdown on the, the tippity top. How do they get there? There's I mean, a really long stickers. line of tourists. <laughs> you have to watch the movie and find out, Carolyn. Come on. <laughs> Can't give away everything. They're all Wait. in line for the uh, Eiffel Tower. So apparently there's an oh, Arc de Triomphe okay. or an Arch of Triumph in Pyongyang. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. I was just looking up the Arc de Triomphe. And oh, yeah. Because I wanted to know how tall it was. It's 50 meters or 164 feet. So that's a, you know, that's a sizable if you know, someone falls off that. Yeah, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. So it's right. not quite, uh, you know, holding on to a uh, space station or whatever it was you were worried about, Zach. <laughs> yes, you're right. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, it's grounded. It is the proper French symbol as opposed to the <laughs> Eiffel Tower. Uh, so we have that going on. Fair. Notre Dame begs to differ. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. okay. Notre Dame uh, is fine. The, the Eiffel Tower just gets. Uh, yeah, all I, know, the all the I definitely thought you were going to say Eiffel Tower. I was like, no, Sarah's not that obvious. <laughs> I also thought about the London Eye in the span uh, of like, you know, the 30 seconds that I had to come up with it. But, uh, <laughs> ultimately, I didn't want to see someone like holding on to the side of a Ferris wheel. <laughs> mm. I did imagine Leslie okay. Nope like being inside Big Ben, like <laughs> as the headquarters. I can imagine her like being right. at the bottom of the London Eye and just like looking up and like taking notes, <laughs> like they're <laughs> they're having an epic battle. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you. All drafting is completed. It is now time for our final words, wherein our participants will pitch their team to the audience and explain why their team is most likely to be the best James Bond film ever. So we start again with Sarah. Oh, good. I didn't prepare for this bit. Uh, <laughs> So, in the best Bond movie of all time, we have Black Widow starring in, in the movie that we... Oh, no, this isn't going to sound good. I was going to say, in the movie we wanted to see her as, but that makes it sound like her movie was bad. So, we've been waiting okay. a long time to see her in a movie, so we'll Another just... movie. <laughs> <laughs> Another movie where she's great. Another movie. Uh, we've been waiting for more Black Widow. Um, so, we have Black Widow as Bond... As our assassin turned good, we have her opposing Villanelle, 
They're both smart, quippy, sassy, kick-ass women. And seeing the two of them battle off against each other, where they both really have the skills and the know-how and the willingness to take each other down, I think will be really interesting. Uh, so their sidekicks are a little bit more on the lighter side. Thus, Kronk as Black Widow's number two and Leslie Nope back at Villanelle's headquarters as sort of her organizer um, and keeper of Kill List. And that is my Bond movie. Thank you. And don't forget your, where your final fight is at. Yes. So the movie itself takes place throughout Europe, various cute little European places as they throw knives at each other and Kronk leans down to pick up a pie out of nowhere and interesting backdrops to that. So for our final climactic scene, it makes sense to have it be in a very iconic European place. So it'll the final battle, the the face-off between Black Widow and Villanelle takes place on the tippity top of the Arc de Triomphe in Paris, France. All righty. Lance, you're up next. Give us some hype. The main things, the reasons why people go see James Bond movies are for the action and for the intrigue, for the suave, the debonair. And my film easily has all those ingredients. You have none other than the other, I'd say probably second most famous spy of Jack Ryan. Ethan Uh, Hunt begs to differ. Don't go there. We'll argue about this later. <laughs> oh, don't, yeah. Ethan Hunt's not a spy. No. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Continue. My feelings are hurt that you even put him in the same category as a spy. Oh Lance, my God. don't let him hurt you. <laughs> Show me on this doll where Christian hurt me. <laughs> Obviously, you have to have the Bond woman. Uh, but in this case, you, in keeping with you know the Daniel Craig Bond types, you have a very strong, very powerful, you know, very almost independent character in Lagertha, played by Catherine Winnick from the Viking series. And if you've seen the show, you know exactly what I'm talking about. She's you know, very badass. She's you know, intelligent. She does amazing things with a sword. It's just fantastic. But you also have to have a very smart, very crafty, very believable villain. And this was probably the easiest one out of all the categories to come up with. And that was Malcolm Merlin from Arrow, played by John Berryman. Uh, he fits you know, all the roles. He's mysterious. He can evil. But he's also you know, kind of likable. And you're like, wow, that guy's a, a dick. <laughs> but you know what? I'd hang out with him. <laughs> and of course, to complete that, the whole evil team is you know, none other than Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger from, from Black Panther. I mean, he just exudes badass. He's terrifying. Uh, he didn't even have to say a line the entire time. He just stares at you, and you pee your pants automatically. <laughs> Fight scenes between Lagertha and Killmonger you know, just would be epic to Anakin fighting Obi-Wan, which, oddly enough, you know, the climactic scene takes place on Mustafar. How they got there, you'll have to watch the movie to find out. <laughs> uh, about to uh, ask, Lance. <laughs> Yeah, you got to keep some things a secret. You got to keep the, the mystery to you know, get the fans involved. All right. Thank you, Len. Carolyn, hype your movie. Okay. Well, I think I already pretty much hyped it. I mean, you've got the perfect, what I would say, the perfect Bond, um, the Witcher. And then you have the perfect chemistry with the the Bond woman who would be 
you know, they they team up together and and just conquer the world. Uh, it would be really fun to to watch the banter, and they'd be really good for each other too. And they'd both, you know, pull out each other's strengths. And then on the the villain side, we've got Winifred, who is you know evil, trying to take over the world, trying to get it all, which is classic Bond villain. And then helping her is Olaf from Frozen, who. I would just love to see those dynamics and I'd love to see that on screen. So overall, we have a lot of good character, good chemistry between the the actors, between the characters. Still going to be a classic Bond movie where they've got martinis and lots of secret government buildings and government secrets and casinos. Secret government things. <laughs> All the secret government things. <laughs> <laughs> Another benefit, Carolyn, too, is that Winifred and Olaf can come together and sing about the bow. I forgot to mention that. (laughs) There will be an evil villain number between Winifred and Olaf uh, before they exit the government building and run to the Twilight baseball field where they have to... Resolve the plot before the vampires come onto the field. And it's also, so my movie, is, it's respectful of women and family friendly, but it's got everything you could want from a Bond film. And I can't see why you wouldn't want to watch it. So in yeah. conclusion, that's my movie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, Zach, finish us here with your movie. So my movie sells because you know what sells right now is nostalgia i thought you were gonna say sex sells and i was about to flip the table <laughs> <laughs> nostalgia is really hot right now james bond's been around for a long time he's gone through a lot of things people love adam west taken from us too soon so we've got adam west with his car he's an older batman he's seen some stuff he's gotten harder he uses guns now he kills people he also teams up with foxy brown from the wrong side of town but she's willing to fight for what's right and fight for her man which in this case is james bond they have sweet karate fights with ken lowe's character from drunken master nobody does it better than them and all taking on the supernatural, the unknown. He has hypnotic powers. He has impossible technologies and they don't know his name. They only know him as the master. And just when you thought things were grounded in reality, things take a wild left turn, kind of like from dusk till dawn. The laws of physics start to change and who knows who will come out on top. And that is my James Bond movie. Thank you all for listening. (laughs) <laughs> With the hashtag straight to video. <laughs> oh. If you're looking for nostalgia, I'd say Kronk from Emperor's New Group is probably where you want to go. Uh, that's my nostalgia. <laughs> you can't get more nostalgic than Vikings. <laughs> isn't, that's a new show, isn't it? Well, yeah, but Vikings, Vikings existed. Yeah, but... Like... He means like the concept of Vikings. <laughs> yeah. I mean like actual Vikings. <laughs> the idea of Vikings is nostalgic. All right, thanks to our guest for joining us. We will have a poll up on Twitter, or you can vote by visiting bit.ly slash 007draft. We'll have the polls up for one week, so until October 12th. Please vote for your favorite of the Bond films we have created here today so that our participants can claim all the fame, glory, and bragging rights due to them. Do our guests have anything they'd like to promote, Sarah? 
Hello, I'm Sarah. <laughs> you can follow me uh, for Geekitude and Feminist Propaganda at my Twitter handle, which is something I know off the top of my head. <laughs> it's Sarah. Sarah's actually. How do you not remember that? Oh, I never remember if there's an is. <laughs> there is an is. There is an is. Okay, great. You can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Sarah is actually. You can also find me perhaps more excitingly on YouTube, also at Sarah is actually. I did know that one. Uh, to follow me around on my new Hawaii adventures. And uh, fun fact, little plug. Um, if you enjoy hanging out with Christian and Carolyn, you can see them hey. in one of my recent videos. So if you enjoyed hey. this, um, if you made it this far in the podcast, you will probably enjoy my YouTube. So don't forget to like and subscribe. Sarah is actually. <laughs> All right. Uh, Lance, do you have anything you want to promote? I do. As Christian can tell you, and anyone that follows my Facebook page or my Instagram account, you know that I am all about cats, in particular senior cats. Uh, everyone loves pets, looking to adopt. Um, may I suggest, you know, instead of going with the cute kitten route, who is obviously easier going to find a home, adopt a senior cat, adopt a senior dog. And a lot of times, you know, these animals are given up late in life uh, for a variety of reasons, and, and they need good homes. And so when you're looking to adopt an animal, you know, consider a senior pet. Thanks and for that, Lance. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lance is the real James Bond today. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> my henchman is Big Kitty. <laughs> I'd watch right. that movie. Carolyn, do you have anything you want to promote? Uh, yeah. I will stay on the animal route. Um, and promote. Uh, we recently got a pet. Her name is Daisy, and she has an Instagram. Um, so I would like to promote her Instagram. It's Daisy Sky the Doodle. So that's Daisy dot Sky dot the dot Doodle to follow her cuteness and adventures. And you know, spy fan, <laughs> she is named after a shield agent. Is that spelled Sky like like the the thing you look at? S K Y no. or is it S K Y E? S K Y E, like the agent of Shield. All right. Thanks again to our guests for joining us. Once again, happy Global James Bond Day. As always, you can find us on social media at The Spy Fi Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, I'm Christian. And I'm Zach. And we are The Spy Fi Guys, signing off. Thank you for listening to The Spy Fi Guys. If you enjoyed our podcast, please be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. The theme song from this podcast is Mistake the Getaway by Kevin MacLeod from Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Films, books, and television shows reviewed by our podcast are the intellectual property of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. This is a personal podcast. Any views, statements, or opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the participants. They do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the participants may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual. You can find our podcast on social media at The Spy Fi Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.